everyone. We have some coverage live from DreamHack Dallas 2023. While we were there, we got the chance to talk to Claudia Beaton. She is the Vice President of People and Culture over at the ESL Facet Group. Beaton's role is leading diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as the EFG's CSR initiative, GG for All. Give this a listen and let us know what you think. My name is Claudia Beaton. I'm the Vice President of uh, ESL Basic Group, uh, People and Culture, a team. Uh, my role is I lead diversity, equity, and inclusion in our um, CSR initiative, GG for All. That's what I do. And, and one of the reasons I was so, uh, I, I wanted to talk to you is I'm actually in DEA myself uh, on top of the recruiting piece because often HR folks, that's how we start off in that DEI space. Um, but there was, for sure. There was yeah. something beautiful that, and we haven't been to DreamHack since 2019, um, but one of the things that I was reminded of as I was walking the floor was this is one of the most diverse gaming conventions that I have ever been to. Um, and it's amazing, and whether it's Dallas or Atlanta, these are, these are cities that have naturally diverse populations. I was wondering if there is kind of that conscious choice in choosing where to have um, dream hacks, or if that just kind of coincidental? Um, most definitely. I'm not the the subject matter expert yeah. right, on dream hack. That would be Shaheen. Yeah. Um, however, I do know that we are intentional in all our choices that we make. Um, so coming to Dallas, for example, or Atlanta, or even San Diego, um, we do understand, because we do the data analytics behind who's who's the audience yeah. that we would be reaching in those particular cities. So we're very cognizant of that fact. Um, and whether those audiences are, are you have audience, right? Yeah. Are they diverse? Are they inclusive? Yeah. Um, would they participate in all of the different experiences that we have to offer? So we do take that into account. And when I do my work in supporting DreamHacks globally, um, I do everything localized, right? Mm -hmm. So I make sure that I'm speaking and working with community leaders within each of the cities um, and countries that we go to. Um, I reach out to different diverse charities, nonprofits that yeah. you know work around gaming or, or influence gaming, um, and see if they want to participate yeah. in the collaboration and, and do some cool panel discussions, fireside chats, Q and A's are next on my agenda to be able to really bring the audience that comes to DreamHack into the conversation. So, yes, I would say we are pretty intentional in what we do. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm so used to going over to Seattle and stuff, so having stuff here, yeah, right. it means <laughs> <Right>. a lot. <laughs> um, so universal participation is such a great directive for ESL, basically. And you all have done a lot of work with um, ESL Impact and that track for series competition. Yeah. Um, I was wondering what it was like to build that out and how you've seen it grow. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it started way So I've been with the company for a little over a year now. Mm -hmm. So I came from Live Nation, stayed in entertainment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right? Yeah. Live Nation does for musicians what EFG does for esports yeah. and teams, right? So if you look at it that way, it's similar territory. And um, the ideation process around ESL Impact truly started years ago yeah. with conversations with fans, with members of the CSGO community, how can we bring this to life? How can we really build an inclusive platform focused on women and highlighting the talent within CSGO? 
that took about, I would say, two years, serious conversation, two yeah. years. And then in uh, 2021, we were able to achieve launch of season yeah. one. Um, with with no real true expectation, right? Yeah. We knew it was long awaited, but we just didn't know how hungry the CSGO community was and women yeah. in CSGO. Um, so once we launched, it was literally overnight. We felt the love, we felt the support, we felt the the true path for Eastern Effect would be long, a long road with lots of different opportunities for, for women to really jump in and be highlighted. So the plan was to build us a one, three, five year strategy, right? Now we're even talking, what's 10 years out look like? Yeah. You know, how can we grow the cup? How can, how can we grow the prize pool, mm -hmm. right? So right now the cash prize is 150,000. We know as women, that's way too low. Yeah. We know that men in CSGO, their cash prizes are higher. So we're working on adjusting that. We're working for that pay equity also for women in ESL impact, because we find that that's, that's really the next, the, the next level that we want to tackle is that pay yes. gap with the prize pool. But um, yeah, it's it's just been really um, incredibly, uh, you know, fruitful, you know, to see everything come into place and anticipating just an incredible, you know, next year, next season. We're already talking about season four. What does that look like? Um, who, who are highlighting, who are highlighting in season four, so, yeah. And as that translates, um, you know, being a woman in gaming, there are some things you were always really cognizant about, yeah. and I think, you know, ESL Impact and watching these women compete on a stage is one piece. What's another way that um, uh, EFG and DreamHack are working to make sure that women feel included and um, safe in, uh, in the physical space? Sure. Well, we've always been um, an advocate of the separate women's land mm -hmm. areas. So, yeah. so we were one of the first festivals to do that, I believe. Mm -hmm. So, having those inclusive spaces that are safe spaces yeah. for women, um, we make sure that we have the right location that yeah. women that are joining, even if they come alone. So, we have, you know, I'm sure there's got to be at least, you know, 50 to 100 women yeah. that you know choose to come on their own with their gaming equipment. To meet their community, right? To yeah. meet other women that are also playing um, and want to connect and, and join that community. So we create that environment here within DreamHack where everyone, we have security levels, we have, you know, everyone goes through extensive training with, with um, within the DreamHack mm -hmm. organization at every level. Even myself, I've went through the three-hour training, safety training, yeah. and to understand, you know, what we need to do to just add that extra layer of protection for yeah. women, but for all our fans that join, right? Yeah. And want to feel like this is their family, this is a safe space, let me let me enjoy my time mm -hmm. here and not feel like I'm gonna run into some sort of threat, right? Yeah. So we go out of our way to create that environment. Um, but I think for, for women in specific, I just think it's the community that we yeah. built around, yeah. especially ESL Impact, and now the one we're starting to build around Rocket League for yeah. women, um, Rocket Clash happening hopefully i think right now i have to take a look at my schedule <laughs> um yeah because i want to catch that but um in, in rocket league then growing that community for women within rocket league yeah. is the next exciting step so there's so many women here for the, all the right reasons i'm sure we're breaking records right now on attendance of women yeah we, we broke a record in san diego i'm anticipating we're going to have more women showing up in dallas i just yeah. see so many of us here yes so it's super exciting 
to be a part of that, be able to create that environment. Yeah. Well, I am definitely I have definitely <laughs> noticed, and it's yeah. definitely loved as a fan, and even just as a member of the press. Yeah. Um, so yesterday, you noted about the importance of building a pathway for college students seeing futures in yes. esports, and just children in general seeing futures in esports. And I wanted to know if you could speak a bit about your work with local universities or college-age organizations to um, bring some folks over. I know I spoke to some people from Longhorn Gaming that they said they were invited over. Um, yes. So what about that? So <laughs> it's perfect, perfect segue. So one of my favorite subjects, um, I spoke about it on, I had a panel earlier today with parents of esports and mm -hmm. trying to, to give insights around how to create some kind of roadmap for, yeah. for parents to understand it's safe for yeah. kids to play video games. But um, part of that was the educational piece. Um, but um, in regards to, what was your question again? Sorry, I'm starting to drift. Working with uh, local universities and right. places. Thanks. So we are starting that aspect of GG for All. So we reached out to different universities, one in Long Beach that has in California, because I'm based out of LA. I reached out to the University of Texas, who has an esports um, program now, yeah. um, to see if we can start to work together and collaborate. What we want to see and what, what we want to create is that um, entry point. So students, and you know, it's great that there's an esports curriculum now, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't need to be from esports because it can be from STEM, right? Anywhere yeah. within STEM placement and roadmap, I'm happy to speak to college students, professors, and educators um, about why it's so great to look for a career in esports. But we're starting to really, truly build that roadmap and that connection point. So part of what the first step is the career booth. So I don't know if you guys have seen the career booth. Yes, it's down yeah. on the main floor, across from the main stage. So the, the EFG career booth is that first entry point where we get to meet you as a fan, tell you a little bit about our background on the organization, tell you that EFG is a Facebook is the parent company to DreamHack, DreamHack Sports Games, Faceset, now um, VIP EE also yeah. that we just merged with. So many different opportunities that most gamers don't realize that they have to be able to enter into a career where it, with the product that they're passionate yeah. you know, about. So we're helping people. I mean, today alone, we had over 200 people stop at the booth, talk to us, and not even realize, oh my God, I can really stay within esports yeah. and have a and make a career out of it you know um, a couple of people I spoke a couple of gentlemen I spoke to today they're in finance or like accountants or finance or something and like we have a finance department yeah. we need people <laughs> that understand the nature of what we do love what, yeah. we, what we do with esports and understand finance and they're like really I'm like yeah we have marketing we have you know project management product management we've got you know people in culture you name it, we're we're a global organization that has different different opportunities to so many people. So that piece of it, we travel now. So we we love DreamHack. So we see DreamHack the same way you do through the lens of DE and I, yeah. through that inclusion piece that DreamHack does so beautifully. Yeah. And we started here with our career booth. So because of that, right? Because yeah. we wanted to touch all different levels of gamers, all different walks of life. Yeah. Um, everything we wanted to make sure that we started where we felt was super inclusive of a festival yeah. and to be able to touch more more of our fans at different times and periods of, of their life that would relate so well to what we're trying to do so that's one of the reasons why we love the dream hack brand so much and <laughs> yeah. we tested and piloted 
the EFG career booth here first, and now we're taking it to IAM. That's so amazing. So we'll be in Cologne in Germany. Yeah. We're thinking about Gamers 8. You know, that is so yeah. cool. I mean, from, from my, my recruiting brain is just so excited. I know, right? I'm like, this is such an amazing And it's so fun to talk to people. Yeah. It's so fun to talk to people here because it, they really don't connect a job or a career yes. by coming to a festival like, like ours, right? They yeah. just think, oh, I'm going to have a great time. But, oh, my gosh, I can do this all the time. Right. Yeah. And work and have a great time at the same yeah. time. So it's, it's super cool. But the university and the academic side of it, we are just starting that yeah. out because we know that it really does start there. Mm -hmm. um, so many professors reached out to me after, who was it? It wasn't just San Diego. It was last year, actually it was last year here in Dallas. I had, I met a couple of the professors that were leading the esports uh, department um, at University of Texas. And they were so excited to just be able to talk to us about their students and yeah. how they're building out the curriculum and, and you know what it's going to look like. So the excitement's there. Um, I probably have more more um, academic professors wanting to talk to us and be a part of yeah. it than we know what to do with right now because <laughs> it's it's just you know it's just exponentially blown yeah. up. Uh, but that's the entry point. That's where we see potential. You know, colleagues of us coming through that pipeline of the yeah. universities and colleges upon graduation. Yeah, we want to help them to realize their dreams. And, and kind of, oh, do you want to ask a question? Yeah, I guess kind of on that, because obviously you're talking about women, you know, like starting up the women tournaments and playing for that. Yeah. Is there anything looking, because women are also very underrepresented in STEM. <laughs> and Absolutely. so I, <laughs> so I didn't know if there's any focus in looking, branching into that way as well. Uh, my favorite. So I, have, yeah. I have two girlfriends that are rocket scientists at NASA. So <laughs> I always like to bring them up because, you know, when we were little, little, they were always the ones dissecting frogs or chemistry sets and playing video games, you know, with their brothers beating their brothers and stuff. And, you know, STEM is so important for young girls, elementary school age, to understand that we all have the capability if you are so inclined and have that, you know, mathematical, you know, edge to you yeah. or scientific, um, we encourage all girls in every yeah. age to pursue that. So I think part of, as I grow the GG for All initiative and start traveling and, and working with schools, part of it is also elementary schools. Yeah. Because it's not only at the collegiate level, but it's really starting earlier mm -hmm. with the younger students and helping the parents to understand. You know, I think I mentioned it here. I, I know I talked about it on the panel discussion uh, earlier today that parents need to see that connection in STEM through yeah. gameplay and through early gameplay, right? Yeah. It's, and, and daughter or son, it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, it's really any child is going to benefit from that having. The parents support that and understand how it does teach the soft skill side besides the STEM side of it. Exactly. It's just, you know, I wish I knew more about this. I wish my parents did when I was young because I might have gone a different path, <laughs> yep. right? Yep. You know? Yeah. No, I, I feel that entirely. <laughs> right. Yeah. I actually, you say that, especially for younger ages. My mom stopped counting my brother about video games when she noticed that he could do math. Because he had been adding up his points on Kirby Arrow. <laughs> and exactly. it would show you the screen. Yeah. And she was trying to find something. He told her. And she was like, how did you learn that? He was like, Kirby. So it's, it's, But see, there's the connection right things. there. Yeah. 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 
working with our parents it's, yeah. it's important yeah <laughs> um Actually, you, that was my next question, was about Sweet. working with parents and, and yeah. finding those features. Yeah, games. so I did the panel today. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys caught it or not. I was on main stage. Had an incredible group of parents. Um, we, you know, we delved into, you know, what are the, what were the fears originally that, that plagued you yeah. as a parent and, and why it, it made you hesitant to support your kid, you know, gaming. Yeah. And then we had um, one influencer parent that's um, Clarksy, is it Clarksy from, um, he's the dad to him from Fortnite. So okay. one of the major pro Fortnite yeah. players. And he was telling the story that he tried to persuade his son not to play Fortnite, yeah. he was really against it, like didn't didn't want him, like made strict rules around when he could play, when he couldn't play. And it turns out now he just signed, I don't know, some multi, million dollar deal <laughs> last week and the father's like i can't believe i was saying no 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 and my son showed me a new way a new path yeah. it's the future so and, and the father happened to be a ceo of a very large company yeah. so it's really interesting to see how minds change mm -hmm. when they see that your your child is passionate but really good at it and yeah. can monetize it into a livelihood yeah. Right, and can actually have a career in it yeah. and build a brand around it. Again, not every kid's going to be a pro yeah. player, we know right. that. But any kid that has a passion or child that has a passion in video games certainly can have a career yeah. in esports now. Exactly. It is just, you know, parents, we're opening, you know, those doors and those eyes to those parents to understand. Yeah. And I think my last question, especially when it comes to um, working with parents, um, I mean, like traditional sports, there's kind of a window. Yeah. So what happens? Have you have you thought with GG for All about building out kind of um, information about what you can do after an esports career, after you're an attempt? Jeez, you know that was my question. That's fine. Yeah, I love that question. <laughs> that, that was his question. I just he said I, I love the, the question. Whoever <laughs> yes, question. great question. But is, does there need to be an end to esports like as a career? Well, I guess for me, I'm wondering if you can't play anymore. I've I've known oh, plenty yeah. of players, pros, oh, and they're like, oh, absolutely. I can't play anymore, so what do I do? Great and example. they're like, I have no idea. Fantastic example. <laughs> My earlier panel today on ESL Impact Women mm -hmm. in, right. um, in eSports, breaking down barriers, I invited Miss Harvey, mm -hmm. Stephanie, can't remember who's saying right now, I'm really bad. Miss <laughs> Harvey, I know her by her yeah. player name. She's five-time global world champion CSGO. Yeah. Way before ESL Impact, okay? Yeah. Um, she is an influencer. She's also, she's dabbled in casting. Um, now she's the chief culture officer. Oh, wow. Yeah, for Fly, Fly, Flywheel Red. Yeah. Um, and chief diversity and equity. Yeah. Um, and she blew my mind because she's not only shaped her gaming career, now, she's been out of gaming, I believe, for 10 years now. Yeah. But she reached the highest height she could yeah. back then. Women weren't really praised, right, yeah. for being top CSGO players. Let's, yeah. let's call it the way it was. But she was able to take that talent that she had achieved in the networking that she had done as a player, pro player, and then pivot into becoming yeah. and, and shaping a role where there's purpose and profit. Right? Yeah. To me, that's my whole life. It's yeah. finding purpose and profit and combining the two for a career. Yeah. And she's a great example. 
So whether you're male, uh, man or a woman, yeah, player now, there is a career path for you if you want it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like any athlete. Yeah. If you, you know, you can be, well, I won't say LeBron James. Yeah. LeBron James. <laughs> he, he's doing, he makes it a little more. <laughs> yeah. yeah saying, can't really bring him up, but he popped in my head. Yeah. Because uh, I'm from LA. Yeah. But um, let's say you're a lower level NBA player, because my favorite sport is NBA. So, um, watching sport. And um, let's say, you know, you play a good 12 year run. You're only 32 when you get out. Yeah. You hit your peak. What are your options, right? If you graduated from a, from university, which most of the players have, you could fall back on your degree, communications, yeah. journalism, whatever the case may be, become a caster. Yes. You yeah. see that readily, <laughs> yeah. happen, right? Or you see them go into media because yeah. they're savvy. They've built a brand for themselves. So it's the same thing. I think yeah. I think the players that are on the circuit now, yeah. way savvier. Yeah. Then what Miss Harvey had to work with, she yeah. didn't even have social media yet. Yeah. yeah. I think whether that's good or bad, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But to build a brand as a pro yeah. player, you need that now. Which goes back so. to those soft skills you were saying. Soft skills. Fostering yes. all of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's all you tied in together. It's like a little ecosystem of, you know, what I do first, what I do next, yeah. who I meet, who I help support. And every step of the way, Gigi, Gigi for All wants to support you as a player, you as a fan, you as a gamer yeah in any in every aspect of your you know your cycle through through video games right so we're building this together you're part of this by just sitting here and asking me these questions you're helping to build the message yeah right and uh, that's all we can ask for is work together and and build the right message send that out send that positive um, message out to, to those that need to hear it mm-hmm.